Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about promoting the young guy with the help of special guest Ryan Murphy of Elite Construction Services in Santa Cruz, California. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hi everyone, I'm Tim Fowler and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. Once again, just let everybody know that if you've got ideas or topics or like our guest today has done. If you want to volunteer to be on the show, uh, just shoot me an email at tim at remodelersadvantage.com. So here we go again. We're talking about the problem of the workforce. Our guest today has been listening to the podcast and sent me an email, very well thought out email saying basically, hey, I'm one of those young people that everybody's trying to find out there. And I'd like to come on and talk about his experience or my experience with uh, being in construction. So um, I said, why not? Let's go for it and put him on as quickly as we can. So I'm really excited about getting some good information straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Uh, we've been talking a little bit offline just to kind of get ready. And I'm pretty excited about some of the things that he has to share with us. I want to caution everybody out there. So don't dismiss what he's saying as just like, oh, he's just really a good guy and there's nobody else like him. Okay. So listen to what he's saying, listen to what he shares with us, and then see if there's a way that you can share that in your business. So Let's talk about it, Steve. Let's do it. Well, Ryan Murphy of Elite Construction Services in Santa Cruz, California, was hired three years ago as a carpenter with two years of training already under his belt. He worked his way from apprentice to journeyman after spending one year with Elite. Six months later, he began training to become a project manager and has been doing that for a year and a half while still doing some of the carpentry as needed. Ryan has moved quickly, having no prior construction experience before the age of 19, and being promoted to the project manager at the age of 24 has been a huge accomplishment in his life. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Uh, thanks for having me on. All right. So how old are you right now, Ryan? Uh, so I am 25 years old right now. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Tell us a little bit about Elite uh, to start with, just to give us the context of the type of company that you work in. What is your role as the project manager? And just so people can get a little bit of a context here. Uh, so Elite Construction is a home remodel company. We like to focus on our kitchens and bathrooms, um, you know, mainly because that's what sells, but also because we love doing it real quick. Um, and we're a pretty small operation. I think we have about eight or nine of us total. Uh, that includes, you know, in the office and out in the field. Um, and you know, my role as project manager, I don't do everything that you would typically think a project manager does. Uh, I do a lot of my work from the office, uh, but that's, you know, putting together all of our schedules ahead of time. Sometimes I'll be doing estimating, uh, you know, it really just depends on what exactly is needed at the time. Our company has a very much a team approach to everything. It's not, you know, we don't focus so much on job title. 
it's, uh, you know, if something needs to get done, you go ahead and do it. Fantastic. So do you actually have in-house carpentry staff or do you sub everything out? Yes, we have in-house carpentry staff. So our construction manager, Craig, who goes around to all the different job sites, you know, meeting with clients and, you know, making sure all of our guys know what to do. He's actually also doing some of the work himself. You know, he, oh, he's wow. a guy who I swear he never wants to take off his bags. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, good. So how did you actually uh, get into this business and do- was that like you get did you get started like when you were 19 you kind of started into this what what's your experience with getting into it well yeah so when i was 19 actually the way that i got into construction was i was looking for a job i was applying to all sorts of different stores and stuff like that nobody was hiring at the time and then you know randomly my mom tells me hey we have this cousin up near where you're living at right now <laughs> he has a, a masonry company that you know he can hire you on for so i say okay yeah i'll go do that and then i get there and i realize boy this job ain't that fun it's just a lot of getting yelled at by old guys and you know having to run around lifting heavy stuff <laughs> so i ended up uh, deciding okay i like construction but i want to try something else out let's try carpentry and once again my mom is like oh i know the perfect person and i had apparently a relative who i've only met you know once or twice who owned this company that did home remodels and so i i did that for a little while but then that's when i decided i wanted to move down to santa cruz so then i went to you know i just started looking online and already having a background in construction, you know, these guys gave me a uh, an interview real quick. And then, you know, I just joined them. They were the first company that I interviewed with in Santa Cruz. And I've been with them, you know, ever since. So I can fully identify with this masonry thing. I've, I've told people a lot of times that there's two jobs that I just absolutely don't think I could ever do. One was be a mason's helper and the other is be a painter because I just don't like painting. But anyway, so I, I identify completely with, uh, with that aspect of it. So let's just jump more into the, the topic here. And uh, you're 25 years old. I go all over the country talking to contractors. And the, the, us grumpy old men are looking around and we're saying, nobody wants to work anymore. What, 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 how do you respond to that? How do you respond to the idea that us old guys are just saying, hey, nobody wants to work? Uh, well, I mean, there definitely are a certain number of people that they don't want to work. It is the truth. <laughs> um, you know, they've gotten things handed to them. But then there are also people like me out there who are willing to work. And one of the problems is that people don't want to let those guys go. So when you're looking around, if you just make a post on Craigslist about, oh, I'm looking for this position, a lot of the people who are, you know, bouncing around from job to job, they're bouncing around for a reason. So it does take, you know, a lot of hard work to, you know, be looking for them. And it takes a good amount of time, too. You can't just expect to find somebody, you know, within a week or two of posting an ad. Right. Um, you know, so it, it takes some work, but the people are out there. And some of them, you know, they're young guys who just don't know any better. Like, I, even though my dad always tried to, you know, get me into woodworking because he's done it, you know, ever since he was in school. Um, I was never all that interested in it as a kid. And then here I am, you know, six years after starting in my very first construction job, not knowing the difference between a skill saw and a grinder. Now I'm, you know, project (laughs) manager and doing finished carpentry at the same time. Yeah. But do you know the difference between a skill saw and a grinder now? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. That's good. So where, 
So if, from your experience and, and again, thinking about it from your generation's point of view, you mentioned family. And I think we've heard from any number of people over the years that family and friends are one of the best places to find uh, good employees. And, and it's quite often we don't even ask. We don't even look there. But some, from, from your vantage point, again, where do you think contractors really need to look? What is the where do they need to be reaching out to, to find some people who might be interested in this craft? I mean, just like you said, you know, family and friends, but it's about having that constant conversation with people, you know, just when you're talking with your clients, you know, you can bring it up to them and just say, hey, if you happen to know any young guys who are looking for, you know, work and are interested in the uh, construction industry, then yeah, you know, uh, give them my number and, you know, just have that conversation with, you know, a hundred different people, you know, have it at every single job, you know, when you're at family gatherings, stuff like that, you know, just kind of have that constant conversation going and eventually, you know, someone will come up. And, you know, the big key is starting to look for somebody before you actually need them. Um, you know, like it's, you know, kind of like the old saying, you got to buy a plunger before you need a plunger. Uh, right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, if you wait until you, until you absolutely need that person, then it's too late because you still have to go through the whole process of training them while you're now trying to deal with you know, the over uh, production, overfilled production schedule that you have. Yeah. Well that, Oh, I'm, I'm just going to say amen, you know, to that you're, you're almost my parrot on this. So I appreciate you just bringing that up. So when you went to work for any number of people here and maybe more specifically for elite, how did you actually learn? Did they, did they have like a structured, program that they kind of put you through to make sure you learned everything that they were doing or what what was it that got you to where from that entry level carpenter guy up to project manager well so they start every employee off and i think it's you know really good just they gave me a packet with you know they showed me different types of roof framing and wall framing and then you know they have pages where i have to fill in the blank and you know it's just get, to get me to uh, be familiar with all the terms and, you know, it's real simple. I'm sure you can find this stuff just on Google. And then, you know, you just make a version with, you know, the, uh, the actual labels of everything, you know, blocked out. Um, so, you know, it's just something like that to start with. And then, you know, we're too, uh, too small of a company to really say like, okay, we're going to put you through this three-month training program before you actually go to work on one of our jobs. So, you know, they just kind of start me off with like, okay, here are the smaller tasks. And, you know, they kind of see what I'm capable of without giving me anything that, you know, can't be fixed. Um, and, and then you know, work my way up from there. Yeah, obviously you don't want, you know, the young uh, apprentice who doesn't know anything working on the finished carpentry. Um, but yeah, so, you know, they just started me off and, you know, Craig was always there with me, just kind of making sure that I was doing everything properly, taking the time to watch me, which, you know, you have to understand as a you know manager, it does take time out of your day. You have to, you know, stop what you're doing, answer questions, watch what they're doing, make sure they're not going to cut their fingers off, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it definitely takes that uh, extra bit of effort. But yeah, you know, they, they trained me for a while until they really felt like they could, uh, you yeah, after I don't know what was it like maybe four or five six months something like that where then they uh, they gave me a small bathroom and they just said all right you know you're the construction manager and the carpenter for this job like it's going to be all you you know and they they were there to answer any of my questions they were always willing to stop by you know uh, stuff like that but yeah you know they and then 
so it was just slowly ramping things up until I was able to do things completely on my own. So tell me a little bit more about this workbook. Was this something they put together or was, did it look like something they had purchased and then had, uh, you know, revamped a little bit for their terminology and so forth? It was just something that he, it looks like he found some pictures on Google and then made okay. some labels for it and stapled okay. it together. Yeah, it was just something homemade. Okay, yeah, again, a fantastic, fantastic idea uh, for that. So when we were talking sort of offline, you mentioned um, the the movement up to project manager. And so let, let, we just kind of paint the picture. You're now on the job site. You're able to do the construction work. You're managing a job. How did you move from that to project manager? Well, so I have to actually back up a little bit further okay. to start. Um, when I first applied to Elite, the very first thing that my resume said, and I truly believe this helped me get a lot of callbacks, um, it said, hey, I have you know some construction experience. I want to continue to work as a carpenter right now, but my goal is to find a company where I have the ability to advance. And you know, it tells them right then and there, like, hey, I want to go into management in the future, but I'm trying to learn my basic now. And, you know, because you really do have to take the time to learn your basics. Otherwise, you're not going to be an effective manager. Um, and then so after a while, you know, I you know been getting better at things. I was integrated in the company. And then uh, Craig, the construction manager, like I said, there's only eight or nine people in the, com- in the right. whole company. He, you know, yeah, we all have our lives. So he and his wife go to a trip to Italy for two and a half weeks. And so we need someone managing the jobs. And they just said, hey, you said you were interested in it. Here, let's try you out. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, you're right. I did say I was interested. You know, I hadn't put a timetable on it, but here it was. Here I was with the opportunity. So it's like, all right, let's try it out. And, uh, and, you know, so they brought me in. We used the program Builder Trend to keep track of all of our, you know, calendars and uh, stuff like that. And so they, you know, uh, gave me a little bit of extra training on that, made sure that I was comfortable with it. And then they gave me, you know, about a week uh, where I was basically just kind of following around Craig and, you know, I would run the meetings with the clients, you know, going over the electrical layout, stuff like that. And, you know, he would just kind of listen and see, you know, was there anything that I was missing, stuff like that. Try to answer all the questions before he leaves. And, you know, I'm not going to say that I did absolutely perfect that two and a half weeks. It was definitely a challenge. Um, but you know, then I would, uh, after work, I went home and just kind of took some extra time to learn, you know, just going over the calendars, making sure that I understood where we were at with each job, making sure that I wasn't, you know, having any subs scheduled without going to meet them on site, stuff like that. Um, and then, uh, after he got back from Italy, you know, he got his job back, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, but so then, uh, Eric, the my boss who uh, does all the office side of things, he says, "Hey, I was impressed with what you did. Do you want to start off being, you know, my uh, what do you call it? my office assistant? You know, just for one or two hours a week." And then okay. next thing I know, he's teaching me, you know, not only builder trend, everything else in builder trend, but you know, estimating and you know, change orders and all this extra stuff. And I'm like, wait, this is turning into a lot more than an hour or two a week. And right. next thing I know, I'm you know, spending 50% of my time, uh, you know, in the field and 50% of my time in the office. And you know, I really like that balance of being able to go back and forth and still do both. 
Um, but then, you know, I, as we kind of sat down and realized, okay, where do I need to put my focus? Then we hired, you know, a couple more guys to go out in the field. And then now, you know, we brought me into the office pretty much full time. So that way I can focus on all the project management. And yeah, so it just kind of slowly, you know, again, worked, worked my way up just little bits at a time. So that way I wasn't too overwhelmed with anything all at once. So was there anything about Elite that just made that company more attractive to you than other companies? In other words, I, I think sometimes if a business has the ability to catch somebody's attention, they might stand a chance of getting a good person on board and then training them. But if they they don't catch their attention, they just move on because they're they're not interested. So I'm just kind of curious was there anything they were doing or they just happened to answer your, <laughs> your ad or, or just happened to answer their ad or something like that? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, a big part of it is the fact that they called me back after I submit my resume. Um, right. But, you know, so in the ad they were talking about, oh, we've got, you know, this award and this award and we have all these perfect Yelp reviews. And I honestly thought that the company was fake when they first, you know, uh, had the ad. Um, okay. but you know, I sent, I sent my resume anyway. I talked to the guy and then, uh, you know, I looked online and checked out their stuff and you know, they, all the pictures that they had, they did really good work. Um, right. and it seemed like stuff that I was interested in learning. So that was definitely an attention grabber to start with. But then once I got here, this is actually the company that I've been with longer than any company I've ever worked for. Right. And right. I think the reason for that is because I really like the, you know, small community aspect of it. Like, Hey, you know, there's, you know, only nine of us here. We, you know, we all actually know each other's names. We all know what, you know, a little uh, about each other personally. Um, and, you know, one thing that I think a lot of people my age, a lot of millennials, uh, they really care about is they don't want to just feel like some replaceable person in a huge company that, you know, they don't even matter. Um, it, it's important to a lot of people that they feel like they're actually cared about at their job and that, right. you know, not that they're not just some random person. In there. So, Ryan, you've so project management is two words, obviously. You've spoken a lot about how you learned about the projects, the carpentry, the construction side. But when you have to tell somebody twice your age to do something <laughs> or to work with uh, various personalities and stuff, how did you kind of cater or how are you working on the management side? Yeah, so I had a great example at an old company of mine, a great example of what not to do. I had a project manager that, you know, was in his mid-20s. He had almost no field experience. He would come in, he would tell everybody what to do and how to do it, and everybody complained about him. And so what I realized is that what I need to do is go in and, you know, I'm not trying to tell everybody what to do. I go in there and I say, hey, here's what we need to get done. Here's our goal you know, here's how I think that we should accomplish it. What do you think? What are your ideas? You want them to think that you're working with them, not that they're working for you. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So again, in our, in our kind of our pre conversations, you mentioned something about teaching younger employees how to answer their own questions and things like that. That's gotta be a, a big part of learning is being able to figure things out. So what, what part of the jobs, I mean, were you a, like an, a, an active questioner that said, why are we doing this and how do I, you want me to do that? And then did the boss kind of turn it around and say, well, why don't you figure it out and let me know what you're going to do? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, going back to the first job that I had in masonry, you know, I was always trying to ask because the, one of the first things that they teach you is don't be standing around with your hands right. just empty. Like that's you know the worst thing that you can do. Um, so I was always asking, like, hey, what could I be doing next? Because again, this is when I didn't know a grinder from a skill saw. So I'm just right. trying to learn, you know, figure out the next step. And then they would start getting annoyed with me after you know a month or two of that because I didn't start to figure it out yet. And they're just like, figure it out, just look around. You know, start doing something. And so then that kind of got me thinking, you know, like, okay, you know, I need to be looking ahead and doing that myself. And then when I moved on to carpentry, the guy that was teaching me, you know, I was his apprentice. Um, he, you know, was always telling me like, you need to be anticipating, anticipating. And when I would be working with him, he would just stick his hands out and, you know, just expect me to put a tool in it. And if I didn't put the right tool in his hands, he would look at me and just not anticipating. Get on me about it. And yeah, so it's, uh, you know, just trying to learn the habits and, you know, just, okay, you know, just, just be constantly thinking about the next step of, okay, what is he going to be doing next? I need to, you know, so I can start getting that ready, just keep things moving efficiently. And then when I uh, got promoted to project management here at elite, um, Eric is a guy that, you know, is totally willing to teach you something, but once he teaches you how to do it, you know, if you have the ability to learn, learn the answer to a question without bothering him, he wants you to do that. He gets you know annoyed if you start bothering him with stuff that you already have the answer to. So how and, do, how does how does he do that? How does he um, how does he help you remember that you better bring an answer? Well, so he, uh, it, it's a really organized file system that it all starts with. That and also you know the way that we uh, run our uh, email, it's all through Google Mail. And when you archive something in Google Mail, it'll go out of your inbox. So that way you can keep that nice and organized, but you can still search for it later. So we, uh, on emails, we copy each other on everything. So, you know, there'll be times where just one person is having a conversation with a client and there's, you know, four of us copied on the email and the okay. and three of us are staying completely quiet. So we always have the ability to go back and search for answers in our email. And then, like I said, that really organized file system in his computer where every single job has, you know, subfolders in it for, you know, bids, estimates, and everything is named a very specific way. And, you know, he keeps all of that perfect. So then that way it's easily searchable no matter what. So it definitely takes time to, you know, if you keep your files unorganized, you know, it's going to take you a while to get everything, but it really does pay off in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit about technology and how that plays into bringing young people like yourself into the workforce and uh, keeping them in the workforce, even, even maybe from the carpentry side. I think everybody listening would go, oh yeah, project managers, they have to know how to use a tablet and they have to know all that kind of stuff. But maybe even a little bit from the carpentry side, when you got into this, how does technology play a role in bringing the millennials into this business? Yeah, well, so starting off with carpentry, um, you know, something that it re uh, technology really helped me with was, you know, if I was on the job by myself and I didn't know how to do something, you can just pull out my phone, go onto YouTube and look up instructions on how to do it. And there's a video of someone doing exactly that, you know, step by step, breaking it down. I can pause, rewind, whatever you want. 
And that's something that, you know, some people may say like, oh yeah, sure. That's obvious. Like everyone knows that, but not everyone <laughs> gets to do that. Um, you know, it's not habit for a lot of guys, especially older guys, you know, we're, you know, no secret that younger guys are uh, on their phones a lot and, you know, using computers a lot. So, you know, it's, it's a little, uh, more of a first instinct for us, but, um, yeah. And then, you know, same thing with, uh, going online, uh, you know, for project management, like I, you know, all the time, uh, you know, if I need to learn how to do something in chief architect, you know, a CAD program, something like that, and you don't know how to create this wall or do whatever, you know, there's all the, all these different tutorials online that'll show you. And then also another huge way that it's helped me out is, you know, everything from email to, you know, uh, my calendar to my personal to-do list. It, you know, keeps me organized. And there's all these different free resources that you can find online. Uh, You know, I use uh, Google for just about everything. You know, I've got a Google phone. I use Google Mail, Google Calendar. (laughs) And then uh, I I even use Google Sheets for, you know, it's uh, my personal to-do list where I break it down into sections. And so it, and the reason that I started doing this is because when I had a notebook that was just full of notes, just every single page was right. It's so easy to when you start crossing things off the list, you forget to cross one thing off and then you turn the page and start a new list and boom, now it's gone. You forgot about something. And so I started using uh, Google Sheets as my to-do list. So then that way, you know, every single week I bounce back through the same list. And until I delete something, it's there staring at me. It's not going to go away. I'm not going to forget about it. No matter how much I don't want to do it, it's going to be there until I do it. And so that's definitely helped me a lot because, you know, just I know that I am a naturally forgetful person. And this is a job that does not like forgetful people. Right. So, you know, I have to figure out a way around that. And Google Sheets is my answer to that. But then I also even take it as far as, you know, involving the client with this. So every single job, I've got this uh, material checklist template that I'll just create a new one, save it for that specific job. And then I send the clients this checklist and say, okay, here's all the finished materials that you're responsible for providing for our job. For us, that's things like, you know, the tile, the paint, stuff like that. Um, and, And we give them a due date on every single thing. And this is a list that because it's on Google Sheets, it can be edited by me or anybody in my company, as well as the client. So we have a section for notes, a section for the link. And so that way we can also save, you know, let's say we need to go back uh, three months after the job is done and, you know, the paint was damaged and there's no more extra paint. So we have to figure out what color it is. We already have that info in the list right there saved in Google. Um, So we use it, you know, I use technology every single place that I can. And, you know, you know, some people uh, like to say, you know, oh, you don't really need it, but it, you don't really need it. It just helps make things a lot smoother and a lot faster. So go back a little bit to the, um, the way in which the company, you know, basically promoted you in what almost everybody's eyes is like very, very quickly. And I have heard that one of the things about the millennials is they don't want to feel like they're just stuck at one place for too long. And so you wouldn't have experienced it. And I didn't experience because I was basically on my own in construction from the very beginning. But I've heard stories of people who in my generation, when they got started, it was basically you you humped plywood and and debris and dug holes for two or three years, 
and then somebody would let you use a skill saw, not a grinder, but a skill saw, you know, uh, and, uh, but you seem to have moved very, very quickly from, you know, the skill saw to very complex construction and then on to project management. So is that a, is that something that business owners ought to keep in mind is as rapid as possible promotion? I mean, it doesn't always have to be as rapid as possible, but yeah, you definitely want, like I, going back to when I said that, you know, uh, people like to feel like they are important to a company, like they're not just interchangeable. It's, I think it's hand in hand with that is that, you know, they want to feel like they have a future at the company. They don't want to feel like, you know, they're going to be working this dead end, low paying job for the rest of their life and never going to, you know, get anything beyond that. I mean, you have to remember, you know, how much, uh, you know, housing costs nowadays and you have all these young people who, you know, don't have this giant, you know, lump of cash just in their back pocket, you know, you know, they, they want to feel like they have an opportunity to, you know, have a better future, you know, with whatever it is that they're doing. Right. Right. Wow, that's fantastic. So as we're wrapping this up, Ryan, I just am very excited. I'm thankful that you were on here. Any any last little tidbits of information that you could give our listeners that might help them reach out to young people to get them into the business? Or maybe, uh, again, the idea of just how to how to promote people quickly enough that they stay engaged and that they say as part of the family. I mean, if you're someone young who's thinking about getting into construction, like I promise this is the right industry for you. Just get through <laughs> that get through that initial part where you have to do all the demo and clean up and then you're gonna be making good money in the future as you know, there's less and less workers, you know, uh, and there's an increasing demand for workers, you know, that's only gonna lead to better situations for us younger guys taking over the industry. <laughs> Sounds great. Thanks very much, Ryan, for you taking some time out of your day. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, Thanks for having me, Ryan. Tim. Thanks. All right, Tim. Well, that was another great guest. Ryan, I you know, I know you're gonna be looking for that workbook. Yeah, I'm <laughs> gonna type an email right as soon as we get done here. And I'm gonna be asking, like, can I get a sample of it? But that was that really impressed me. And again, it's one of those things where I've told business owners, give them something to read, give them something to work on. Don't just rely on the job site stuff. And here's a company that's doing it and it's really paid off for them. I I think it's also one of those things that tells the employee that we have a vision for you as opposed to just get out there and work and we'll let you know what's going on. So I think that was one of the exciting things that came out of this. Yeah. And, you know, Ryan is, uh, he's obviously, um, you know, he's a great he's a self-starter. I think he's going to do absolutely great in his career, but he's, uh, there are other people like Ryan out there. And I think that just giving a lot of young people a chance. I mean, I think that he's very unique in the sense that he's, uh, he's so, into it he studies after work i mean ryan's you know he's gonna right. be shining star but you know it, the one thing i really took from it is always asking people you know checking with family friends seeing yep. and, and that's on the people like ryan's side looking for a job but also people looking to fill a job as well um but you know he's an inspiring young guy and i'm excited to see the types of things he does in the future Glad to have yeah, him on. I, I think one of the one of the really cool things the company did was uh, to 
see the possibilities yes. and give him responsibility before maybe he was really ready because it challenged him. And that was why he spent some time in the evening studying stuff because he said, I I'm challenged by being promoted to this position. And uh, I, I accept the challenge. And I think that's also true for the millennial generations is that we have to challenge them. We have to give them the opportunity to show us what they can do and then appreciate what they can do and maybe train them a little bit, but don't just leave them in the dead end job. Yeah. Yeah. There's one piece of advice when I first started my company, I was 25 as well, just like Ryan. And um, I had no business owning a company, but would study (laughs) at night and do everything I could to learn each project as we got. But there was this one guy, shout out to Ken at Lowe's back in the day. He answered every one of my questions when I would go in. I said, how did you learn what you know? And I said, he said, I would just get into trouble and get out of it. And that's what I did. And it somehow worked. But uh, no, Ryan, you know, his ability to uh, find his way out of those problems and for the guys at Elite to put him there. It's very special. So it's good stuff. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, once again, we want to thank Ryan Murphy for joining us. And we want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. And remember, at The Tim Fowler Show, we're working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.